I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs at Tab Computer Systems. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. I know it's a gorgeous Saturday morning. Feel free to get online, though, if you have any problems or comments or concerns having to do with computers. Um, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock, so feel free to do that. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and that 800 number is good nationwide. So uh, if you're listening on the stream, feel free to call in. You know, the station loves to pay those long-distance bills, right? So in the news, our buddy Mark Zuckerberg has had yet another issue. So this is the beauty of the cloud, right? This is where the cloud is supposed to make your life so much better. And uh, it turns out 50 million users of Facebook, up to 90 million users, may have had their accounts compromised. And basically, you know, changing your password is not going to solve or fix this for you because the bad guys used a feature, we'll call it, a view as feature, which enables you to look at your profile the way others would look at it. So you can be sure that you know whatever pictures you put up there or however you want to look on your Facebook profile is just perfect. Um, this view as token is there. And the bad guys have leveraged a flaw in that technology to compromise upwards of 90 million accounts. So that's, of course, Facebook. Now, the problem with Facebook is they've convinced you over and over again to link your Facebook account to third-party accounts so that you can log into those other tools or those other things online um, using your Facebook credentials rather than having to think of creating your own credentials for these other... Like Instagram? Instagram. Well, Instagram's still kind of part of Facebook, well, right? Well, yeah, it is. But the other thing is how many sites do you go to where it says log in with Facebook? Right, that's the problem. <laughs> so here's my advice to you guys. You can't trust the cloud. Period. Okay? Exclamation point. So when you do trust Facebook to keep track of your security token, to log into some other f cloud service, you're trusting an awful lot, these dinglings, to protect your data. Now, they already know they're not going to protect your data already. They've already had their system compromised by Cambridge Analytica and many other third-party apps where they pinky-sweared not to do anything with your data. Yeah, but they, 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 they were, that was a compromise they got paid for. Yeah, exactly. They sold that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, now, in this case, this is, again, back to the fact that this guy didn't do a very good job securing Facebook. You're finding that you know, they're being a nice target for hacks. So ask yourself, should you hook your wagon to Facebook when you log in as these other third-party solutions? And if you're developing a cloud-based tool, should you connect your little red wagon to Facebook so that your users can use their Facebook credentials to log into it? Ask yourself, 
whether you should do that. Does your does your pizza shop lock into your use a, your bank credentials to connect to it? No, the bank and the pizza shop aren't going to do that. You know, does your dry cleaner hook into your your gas station to make sure that when you pay for your dry cleaning, it connects to your gas? No, but Facebook does. So you may want to reconsider. Changing your password, guys, doesn't do anything in this case. Uh, this is a feature, this view as feature, that also deals with allowing you to be constantly logged in to Facebook when you're doing things online so you don't have to enter credentials other places. Thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. You've made things much better, well, haven't you? you got to realize they were trying to make it easy for yeah. you. And as we all know, ease of use and security are diametrically opposed. <laughs> it's true. That is true. So we'll put a link up here on our Computer Talk site, and we'll put a link in Facebook, and maybe Mark Zuckerberg will let you get the feed. Who knows? <laughs> in this case, he may or may not. What else you got, Bob? I got wonderful news here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful news. Yes. We that. like wonderful news. Uh, it says, FCC finds another robocall $82 million nice. as it seeks to end caller ID spoofing. There you go. I talk to a lot of clients about this, how they hate it. Yeah, when people are calling your cell phone and it looks and like they, it's a number, it's close it's to your cell number. number. Yeah. And sometimes it's your own number. Yeah, well, they can spoof any number <laughs> they want. That's correct. So the telemarketer made more than 21 million robocalls in three months. Wow. Uh, the Federal Communications on Wednesday fined robocaller Philip Roselle and his companies more than $82 million for illegal caller ID spoofing. Nice. Roselle made more than 21 million robocalls over a three-month period from late 2016 through early 2017, according to an FCC release. Yeah. Roselle used his company's Wilmington insurance quotes and best insurance contracts to market health insurance and generate leads for insurance products he sold, the FCC said. It's amazing that these calls work. So there's enough money for them to pay an $82 million fine that people are answering calls from strangers and say, hey, you want to buy insurance? And they are. <laughs> I don't know where you get your insurance, but I like to talk to people about and getting referrals and talking to folks about, you know, however I get. When I do business in general with any company, it's always through referral. It's always through other folks. A robocall from a stranger and you're going to buy insurance? So jumping ahead a little bit yeah. in the article, the FCC has focused on combating robocalls and caller ID spoofing recently. In May, the agency fined Adrian Abramovich. Right. $120 million for Ooh, robocalls. Nice. Abramovich allegedly made uh, nearly $100 million robocalls to sell exclusive vacation deals. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're going to buy it from some guy on the phone? Make no mistake about it. Penalizing those who spoof caller ID information and flood American phones with unlawful robocalls must be a component of any effective strategy for combating this scourge, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai said. Right. In an email statement, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Yeah, so uh, I can't believe people these guys wouldn't make the calls, people, if you weren't answering them and buying the stuff on the other end. It's like the guys. It's like the Rompo Peel of phone calls. They're selling you spray-on hair, and you're buying it. Wait, stop what you're doing! <laughs> I got an important message. I want you to listen to right now. Of course, I must do that. Ah. <laughs> uh. So it's only 19.95 for shipment. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm good. I mean, I hope they get fined further. That what they're doing is they're taking phone numbers and making you look that making the phone number look like it's a local call and giving you a higher chance of answering the call. And then for some reason you keep listening and you buy the crap they're selling you. Ah, please, people, stop it. 
I got some news for you. Speaking of the FCC, so here's the headline. FCC to cities and states. Knock it off with the 5G fees and delays. So, guys, we talked about this last week. There was like a Northern California uh, town who were like already zoned, uh, already said uh, F- 5G can't come into their town for fear of cancer risks. So people are putting up barriers already to the tech to- technology for whatever reason. I have no idea. There is no cancer risks, guys. Relax. Um, now our states and, and cities are looking to extort as much money as they can from these carriers coming in to offer the rest of the planet high-speed internet at possibly lower prices than you're paying now. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> and it's wireless, so you can finally maybe tell the cable company to pound sand. Wouldn't that be nice, too? But no! Our local officials, our state and local governments, are looking to charge exorbitant fees, upwards of $2 billion in unnecessary costs, uh, which would, of course, make it harder for them to re- roll out this technology uh, to, the, to, the, to the masses. You're, you're harming yourselves because you're in such dire need to extort as much money as possible from a, from a company who wants to bring you a cutting-edge technology. What will happen? You'll still be using a can and string. Well, let's tax it out of, resi- out of existence yeah. so our cronies with the cable companies can have their monopoly. Yeah. So <laughs> you're very short-sighted, folks, if you're doing this to people. Consider making it easy. So what the FCC is saying is they're saying you cannot do this. They're actually rolling out. They're putting out uh, regulations that say you cannot put in more hurdles to slow the development of a 5G network. You're just hurting yourselves. But, of course, most state and local politicians don't realize that. They're so short-sighted that they'll put up all these regulations, put up all these fees, and we'll all be using cans and string until, you know – 2040, who knows? At the rate we're going, uh, everyone's happy with 10 megabits these days. Uh, it's mind-boggling. It's the year 2018. Um, so we'll put this link up here for you. Please, if you're in a state and local government, yes, you can charge something, but you get out of the way for crying out loud. We, we're, we're like we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot every time. So I'll put this link up for you so you can get a look at uh, what's going on with 5G? 5G is a great potential um, uh, internet connection that'll be wireless, but it requires a bunch of poles that are going to be put up by somebody other than the uh, electric company <laughs> or Frontier. So we'll put these links up for you. We'll have more stories for you coming up. We're going to take a quick break. We have two lines open for you 800 966 WTIC, 522 WTIC. MJ and Paul, hang on. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have one line open for you. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, and concerns. This day and age, the concerns really are the bigger issue when it comes to computers. Nothing about the, uh, you know, your floppy drive not working. What's a floppy drive? I actually talked to somebody who was talking to a kid who didn't know what a floppy drive was. That's how old floppy drives are. (laughs) It's possible that a lot of these young kids would never have seen one. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. The guy pulled out a drawer, so there was a floppy drive in it, and the guy just like, what's that? <laughs> I have a couple of USB floppy drives. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can plug them in and use them as a floppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you must be using some old software. Let's go to MJ in New Haven. Hey, MJ, what's up? Hi, speaking Hi. of floppy drives, yeah. uh, 
years ago, uh, I've had many PCs over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, in one iteration of my purchases, I bought an iOmega zip drive. Oh, yeah. They were like a larger floppy drive. Right. And by today's standards, the amount of space that these removable drives contain is trivial. Correct. I still have a bunch of these uh, dro- uh, floppy disks around, mm-hmm. and I haven't any clue what's on them. Yep. The problem I have is I now have a laptop with no parallel port in the back, but I've read about USB to parallel cables, and I was wondering if you have any experience using them, how effective they are, do they work, do they don't work. In the field, Bob, you've done this. Yeah, probably, they, right? do, they do, they and they do work. Um, Depending. Yeah, and, and I don't know what you would pay for one. I would also maybe uh, perhaps look to see if you could find... Uh, one of the iOmega drives in uh, zip drive in, in a uh, USB format. Right. Well, that's not an investment that I think I would do. Because, okay. Uh, well, I'm I mean, thinking you, you might find one like on eBay or whatever for a few uh, bucks. That's, a, that's, a, that's an idea. Might mm-hmm. be you know uh, the same price as the cable or or less. Even. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I have a stack of these swappies around, and I don't remember what I put on them. It could yeah. be anything. It could be anything. Um, yeah. But I, I would like to, um, you know, in whatever leisure time I have, actually go through the exercise of hooking this up to my uh, to my laptop and just see what I have on there. I can't, I, mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine the amount of time you would have to have available to you to actually sit down and decide to do that. Well, <laughs> some of the stuff that's on there could be important, like some old financial information. All right. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I would I would spend the time to actually see what's on there. I gotcha. So, yeah, that's a good point. I might check out eBay yeah. and uh, see what I can get. So. Yeah, we can't hurt. I mean, if it's if it's designed for USB, it'll have a better chance of working than trying to yeah, adapt yeah. it. I agree. All right. Well, that's what I got. Thanks. Right. Good luck, MJ. Yep. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, uh, old technology. Still needed, right? Because you've, you've got all these different mediums that we've placed our stuff on, and now you got to look it up. Let's go on to Paul in Litchfield. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Um, a friend of mine last crisis by a car. Found a car he liked. A um, couple things. Number one, it's in Fargo, North Dakota. So how long am I going to connect to Craigslist? I don't know. Yikes. And number two, the purchase involves going through Amazon uh, to buy the requisite dollar amounts of Amazon gift cards. Oh. No, 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 no. This has got to be a scam. Now, he said that he, he, he said he checked it out online that there is indeed an Amazon pay service where you can buy large ticket items. Oh, sure. The bad guys will make sure you can give them this, the, the cards. But uh, you can also use things like you know bank checks and traditional methods of payment. Um, how many Amazon pay cards does the seller want him to send him to Fargo, North Dakota before he'll get his car? Well, the purchase price is twenty four hundred dollars, and I think he said the max was five hundred dollars ticket. So it's roughly five cards. Yeah. And you know, it's sitting in an Amazon warehouse. It is. That, I guess that's just what he was told. It's an Amazon warehouse that has it, and you know, there's on the one hand, it seems completely legit. Uh huh. You are running it through Amazon, but on the other hand. You know, the thing about you know, Amazon gift cards, and you know, the car, a car arrives, you get seven days to check it out, and if you don't 
like it, you say, okay, fine, I don't want it. Amazon picks up the car and takes it away. Well, just look at the logistics of that, right? This is a $2,500 car that weighs many thousands of pounds that you're going to have, you're going to pay a trucker or somebody to deliver to your house in, in Connecticut from Fargo, North Dakota. I can't imagine the the actual logic of that transaction making any financial sense for the for anybody and for Amazon to say we'll ship it to you happy to and then if you don't like it in seven days we'll come pick it up I mean just the shipping back and forth has got to be a thousand bucks yeah so you, the math doesn't make any sense to me Paul it could be legitimate but that math makes absolutely no sense to me so if it doesn't make any sense to you it probably doesn't make any sense to you either that's probably why you're calling. It does, and that is why I'm calling. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it, like I said, the Cadillac Escalade, the book value on it is between ten and $14,000. Oh, my gosh. So a Cadillac Escalade for $2,500, pay me in, in gift cards or, or Amazon cards. I'll ship it to you, give you a seven-day warranty, and then have you then ship it back if you don't like it for a value of a $14,000 vehicle. We Now we all know that that's got to be baloney. If it sounds too good to be true. Yeah, come on. So, I mean, I'm not, I, again, it could be legitimate, but nobody's found a, a $14,000 vehicle for two grand that will be shipped to you to your front door for some cards. Right? All very true. Yeah. Look, the back story is that the woman got the car. It's a car belonged to her husband. Oh, yeah. She got it with the car. She doesn't like it, blah, blah, blah. Well, we've always heard those stories. But no matter what the sob story is, you, I bet you you can sell a fourteen thousand dollar Escalade in Fargo, for, you know, as well, right? I mean, I'm sure there's there's oil drillers in Fargo or gas drillers in Fargo that'll be happy to part with their money. They got nothing else to do up there. Right? I just found several articles on the internet. Yeah, and it says, "Don't fall for this Amazon payments car scam." There it is. So we are right, Paul. We we're both right to be concerned. We'll put the link up for you. You can read why it has to be a scam. But you knew it was anyways. I, yeah, I did, but my buddy's like, all right, you know, he, he, he tries to do his due diligence. Yeah. And Unfortunately, these scammers know there's a lot of gullible people out there. This has been going on for years. This yeah, scam. we'll put a link up there for you, Paul, and you can read it and send it to your buddy and tell him, tell him to give you, know, give you a case of beer for the amount of money you just saved him. No, I prefer Sam Adams. Yeah, Sam Adams. There you go. You just saved him a lot of money. All right, Paul? Thanks a lot. You got it. You too. All right, guys. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We'll do our best to help you with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Two lines open. Dave and Brendan, hang on. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Bob and I are here till 11 o'clock. Taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If you find a Cadillac Escalade in Fargo, North Dakota, and somebody wants to get paid in Amazon cards, don't do it. We put links up here for you. And uh, according to some of these articles about this silly scam, thousands of people, thousands, fall victim to this scam every week. So... Unfortunately, we've made it very easy to have your money parted. Uh, you know the whole line. And uh, with technology and the Internet, these bad guys are just literally sitting in their underwear in some – who knows where? That guy's not in Fargo. He's probably sitting – he could be sitting in you know Italy somewhere. Who knows uh, who, where, you're getting this, where you're getting scammed from? Um, tricking you into buying a $14,000 vehicle for $2,500. Now, I mean, 
people are very gullible. And uh, I don't know what to tell you, but we've made it very easy to part with your money. And all these apps on your banking and your transactions where you can move money very quickly and simply and fast right out of your bank account has kind of made it easy for the bad guys to fool you into doing it. Uh, a lot of the ways I move money within my personal account is the old-fashioned way. You got to write the check. Mm-hmm. I use credit cards, which have protections from fraud. Uh, so if, you, if you're using these gift cards to make a payment of any kind of importance, just think about it. It can't be real. And the guy would have his in Fargo. The guy would have had his door broken down by all sorts of people wanting to buy a fourteen thousand dollars vehicle for twenty five hundred bucks. He wouldn't have had to find some dingling in Connecticut to do it. <laughs> I promised to ship it at no charge. Yeah. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> what kind of what? And nobody in Fargo wants a nice Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. I wouldn't lie to you. Honest. Honest. <laughs> We're such a gullible, trusting. Species, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Let's go on to Brendan in Manchester. Hey, Brendan, what's up? Hey, guys, have I got a deal for you? Oh, do you? I got a Lincoln Navigator with a floppy disk drive. Ooh, those are uh, classics. 200 bucks uh, Visa or MasterCard. I'll take your number right now, please. Oh, uh, you got it. Here we go. Hey, <laughs> um, I bought a laptop recently. Yeah. And I'm concerned about virus protection. I don't go anyplace stupid on it, but. Yeah. Um, I'm getting all sorts of pop-ups, which I ignore for mm-hmm. trying to sell me this and that. Yep. And I got one for McAfee last night, which mm-hmm. I have previous experience with them, which I have a positive memory of. But mm-hmm. I just want to check and see if there's anything specifically that you might recommend that's reasonable. Yeah. So uh, if you want good professional antivirus, we would recommend WebRoot. WebRoot? Yep. W-E-B-R-O-O-T. Okay. And you will pay a cost for it, um, roughly 24 bucks or so per year for that virus protection. Okay. And then, of course, if you use OpenDNS, when you surf, you'll be both faster and safer, and you'll, have le- you'll be less apt to be hit with malware. You, you can stop those pop-ups with Pop-Up Blocker as well. And Pop-Up Blocker I can get online also? Yeah, they have it for Chrome or for uh, Firefox. We'll put a link up so you get the right one. Yeah, I actually, I've been getting... Um, because I bought a Dell, I've been getting a lot of pop-ups about going to Chrome, and I didn't know whether that's something I should look into either. Dell, uh, the, the Dell operating system is saying go to Chrome? Yeah, well, no, I'm just getting pop-ups for Chrome, you know? Yeah. They're all fighting for your... For I, get, your uh, I get that. That's why I called, you yeah. know? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, pop-ups like that, I mean, if pop-up blocker will, will block that, that's great, but... Um, I like Chrome as a browser, but of course the Googleplex will know everywhere you go. They they've actually been kind of ding recently because they're now logging you in. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of creepy. They're forcing the login because maybe you don't want to be Brendan of Manchester when you're surfing today, and maybe you do tomorrow. I don't know. So now, as far as you know, virus protection without paying for it, what do you recommend? Uh, the built-in Microsoft software will be will be generally fine as long as you pair it with the OpenDNS recommendation. The open DNS recommendations, which I should get from them when I'm going through my. If you go on Computer Talk with Tab, we've referenced it so many times, it's almost ad nauseum. Where open DNS is a safer way to surf the internet. It's much faster than your lo- your local internet provider's DNS. Much more, much more safe. 
Yeah, I went out on your website um, last week. I didn't see that there, but there's a link for OpenDNS. Yeah, so you're going to see current our current links are always on our website, and then there's an, a link for archived links, which are past links. And would that be where I go? Oh, gosh, yes. It's mentioned so many times, yep. Okay, so archive links. Yep, there's a link there for archive links, which will go back many months of past links that we've talked about, and most of them are still live or active. Excellent. And uh, definitely do that. That's your primary thing. Then you can probably uninstall whatever free McAfee software was on your Dell that you got in the first place, which is probably whining to you to, to buy me, buy me, buy me. Exactly, exactly. That's why I was calling, because I really don't want to follow that. So Yeah, well, you can use the built-in free stuff from Microsoft as long as you pair it with OpenDNS. Okay, I'm going to do that. Thanks right. for your help. I appreciate you it. You got it, Brennan. All right, take care. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. All right, so uh, a little more security for him. Let's go on to uh, Dave somewhere in Connecticut. <laughs> hey, Dave, we just know that you're from the state. <laughs> well, I'm in Manchester, too. Oh, very good. Yep. What's up? Well, I have a little uh, problem with uh, PDF files. When I bring them up, they could be attached to an email or on my hard drive. I get an application error. It says rdrcef.exe. The application was unable to start correctly, and then there's a series of numbers, 0xe5022, and click to close application. Um, and That's after old three one. or four clicks, it will close, and I just go on my merry way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what's bringing it up. I mean, it's been going on for a while now. Yeah, so it's an, this is an old error. This goes back a few years. Um, I'm trying to find out where it is. Uh, we can give you a link here as far as how to correct it from Adobe. Okay. Adobe does have a fix. Have you updated Adobe in a while? You're uh, Adobe Reader. You have a, most likely a free reader on your computer that yeah, is trying that's to what call. I'm using, uh, um, you may want to update and download the latest reader. Um, maybe I did some... that uh, a few weeks ago. I uninstalled the existing reader and installed the one I got online when I went to Adobe. And... Are, are you using Windows 10? No, I'm using Windows 7. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to find a, a simple answer for you or a link that I can put up here because it's definitely an, an issue. It has either to do with a poorly formed image on the Adobe file you're opening. Um, you got to be careful, too, with these files. Right? These Adobe PDFs that are coming at you, are you expecting them? You mean on the, on the uh, emails? Yeah. Well, I... Some of them, there's a lot of scams out there that'll say, you know, hey, Dave, here's an invoice. Open no, this no, invoice. No, no. They're mostly from known, known uh, senders. But, the, but you're expecting the, um, the file, or are they sending it to you without warning? Without... Yeah, so even them, they could have been in, uh, impacted themselves and they could be emailing you falsely. So just because you know them doesn't mean they're sending you something good. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be uh, just an update to the Adobe Reader will probably solve it. If you haven't done it in a while, I'd recommend going out to Adobe's website and getting down downloading the latest Reader. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, Adobe uh, Reader DC. And that would be at least the most current version, and that should solve it. Well, I'll try it again. Have you done it already? A couple of weeks ago, I I, un- I uninstalled what I the existing reader, and I downloaded one from the Adobe website. All right, and you still get the issue. So, did you After call? After a couple of days, it was fine for two or three days, and then it started again. Did you call the sender and say, "Hey, what are you sending me?" No. Do that. I mean, on the emails. Yeah. Ask him what the heck they're sending you. Well. Could be a picture or no, no. Ask them. Call them and ask them and say, "Hey, I'm having trouble reading your PDF." What? 
I don't have trouble reading it. I just get this error message. Oh, you still see it? Okay, so oh, you're I able get, to see can, it. There's nothing wrong with the with the image. Just after I get this thing off the screen, it kind of blocks part of it. Hmm. And I can click on it and drag it down, or if I click on it two or three times, eventually it'll go away and don't bother me until I upload another image from somewhere. Interesting. Here I'm also seeing there's a, there could be a warning about Trojan through malware bytes. Have you run any kind of malware? Scanning? Well, I run, I run uh, McAfee. You do? You may want to download Malware Bytes and run it um, and see if you might have malware running here. All right. It I could be that. Try that. Yeah. Um, the, other than that, so far, there's not a whole lot of specifics other than reinstalling the Adobe. Uh, but we're, we are seeing that it could be that, but it could be malware. It could be malicious. Run that and see if, if you can find anything. All right. I'll give it a try. All right, Dave. Thanks. You got it, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so we're going to step out for a quick break. Terry, Ron, and Paul, uh, hang on. This is Computer Talk. Uh, we've got one line open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here until 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Alessi will be in. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice, so stick around for that. Uh, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go right to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Ron. Hey, Ron, what's up? Good, Good morning, everyone. You had a call on uh, last week, um, let's see, September 22nd. Mm. A fellow, he wanted to send text to and from his computer um, instead of having his cell phone pinned to his ear all day. Yeah, he wanted his iPhone to actually send the text information to his computer so he could leave his iPhone in another room and then have it display on his computer. Yeah, do you have a, a solution for that? Yeah, so oh, as neat. far as this morning goes, a possible solution would be two words, Google Voice. Hmm, yeah, and forward so it. Google Voice used to be uh, Grand Central, and I started with them way back when. Yeah. And so I'm using it. Uh, pretty much the way he described, I think. Um, but basically, you get the Google Voice number, mm -hmm. and now you can um, have incoming texts both places. It'll send to that phone number and then Google Voice to your Google Voice phone number. And then it'll forward to your text. I'm sorry, it'll forward to your cell phone. And then you can reply from either device, meaning mm. you can do what he was asking for, which is ignore your cell phone all day long. Right and receive that way. Or if you're traveling and you've got to do the cell phone, et cetera, then you can ignore your computer all day long and send texts and receive texts on your cell phone. So you'll end up receiving them in both places because you're going to link yeah. the number or forward the number. That's a great idea. I didn't even think of that. That's very out-of-the-box thinking, yeah. Ron. Works very well, um, and I've done it you know, almost, almost a decade now. Really? Kind of thing. And yeah, Neat. and um, there, there's some baggage that comes with it in terms of well, theoretically you have to delete both places. It's, right. Uh, the other the other piece of baggage is you can sometimes confuse the party you're sending the text to. Not that they're not already confused, but um, because uh, you have two phone numbers, and yeah. so they're receiving text from you from the phone number directly associated with either your cell phone or with your Google Voice number. Right, so you can but cause some confusion. To try it, yeah. the, the price is right. Today's sale price only is free. Yeah. Um, yeah, indefinitely. 
Yeah. And um, the registration isn't too onerous. Right. Uh, yet it, it takes a little, it's a little disorienting for, I would say, a month or two. Mm-hmm. But to get it rolling, uh, it's uh, like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. It actually, you're, you're avoiding the Apple issue and just literally circumventing it and having it go right through Google. That's a great idea. It's, if, if that could yep. solve his, his issue. Thanks, Ron. Yep. Okay. Glad to do it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Program. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Great idea. Looking at the problem in a different way. Let's go on to, uh, <laughs> okay. We're going to go on to Terry, Town, uh, Terry in Middletown. Uh, who wants to talk more about zip drives? Hey, Terry, what's up? Hey, not too much. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. What do you got? You're selling an old zip drive? <laughs> yeah. I don't actually heard a gentleman looking for. Oh, this um, is not the tag well, sale. Do I sell like Glenn Colligan to you? <laughs> No, no, no. That's why I said to your producer, hopefully I'm not outside the boundaries, but I'm going to be on, on the uh, TIC tag sale tomorrow. I have several of them. Actually, I have three. And believe it or not, I sold one this week. I believe it. Was it are they USB, Terry? Uh, well, SCSI connection. SCSI. So, uh, even yeah. t- even tougher. He wants to connect USB. Right, but I think um, the gentleman that took the one off my hands could connect it to his computer some kind of way and then transfer it to however format. Yeah, he's going to have to adapt it. He's going to adapt it from USB to SCSI or SCSI to something else. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for letting us know. I'm sure he'll uh, listen in tomorrow with Glenn, and uh, good luck selling your zip drives. (laughs) Yeah, well, if you want to, if um, you don't mind, I can leave my number with the uh, producer. No, just go ahead and do this. Go to our Facebook. Go to Facebook page. Go to our Facebook page, Terry, and post on our Facebook page. Hey, I'm the guy selling the zip drive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll do that. All right, good luck. Thanks. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Oh man, we're now the tag sale. We've devolved into tag sales. Anybody selling any cemetery plots? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They sell those on the tag sale too. Believe it or not. Let's go on to. Paul in Bristol. Hey, Paul, what's up? Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I called you last uh, winter from Ocala, Florida, and um, I was talking about a micro mini PC and all that, and mm. I've been hesitating and couldn't find a configuration I wanted, and I finally si- settled on a uh, HP Z2G3 workstation. All right. Um, i7 processors you request, nice. uh, you suggested and all that, which is great. Yeah. Um, 16 gigs of RAM, 512 SSD, and wow. the nice thing about it, it can uh, has four display ports for four monitors for some unknown reason. Yeah. But is it, because it's a workstation, I mean, I've taken computers apart in the past and all that, and I noticed the difference between like a compact Presario and a compact Despro. The on button is uh, more robust than the business version. The mm. wiring seems to be heavier gauge and all that. Mm-hmm. And so is a workstation, I'm looking at this for longevity because there's no way in that I can think of any reason I need 16 gigs of RAM in a, that processor, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, how much is it? 1200 11-something. Mm, okay, it's going to be a good machine for you. Well, yeah, and the thing is, it's, I wanted something smaller because I'm going back and forth to Florida, I believe. And, right. um, Six months in a day, period. right? I'm using a um, five-year-old um, Surface Pro. Yeah. First edition, and I'm just thinking that's getting long in the tooth. Yeah, yeah. No. Now, the question I really have is um, when I go to do a recovery, uh, set up a recovery disk, which is going to be a jump drive, of course, mm-hmm. what does it really load? Um, does it make a difference if I put my software on there first, get everything set, and then do the recovery, or do the recovery before I even load Office documents and that? You're not, you're not going to recover anything. You're going to load everything fresh. You're going to load your software fresh. You're going to load any of your applications fresh. And then you're going to simply 
restore your data to whichever directory you want or attach the drive from your old machine, make it an external drive by adapting it from um, IDE or SATA to USB and plug it into your new computer and just copy and paste. You don't need to use any kind of restoration because you, your, your machine's not dead, right? No, no, but it's it's got a mini display port and... Um I don't know if it has an HDMI on it. I'm using a docking station on the... Uh, on the old one? On the old one, yeah. Yeah, but you need the data off of it. It's all you need, right? Just the data? Well, actually, the data I don't need because most of it I have either on a jump drive or on okay. Dropbox. Then there's no restoration you're going to do at all. You're simply going to reload your applications from disk or from, from software or from download. If if And that would be if there's some corruption in the operating system in the future? No, you wouldn't want to. Um, you wouldn't want to load anything from your old system onto this if you can have a nice, fresh installation of your operating. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. But when I put the new, when I put it, when I do the recovery jump drive. Um, oh, oh, to create the jump drive. To create. The jump oh, drive, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're look. You're thinking ahead. That's great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I misunderstood no, your question. I want to create that. And um, yeah, good. And my sister just got a new computer too, and hers calls for a 16 gig or bigger USB. Uh, Drive. It's yeah. 16 itself should, I mean, oh, I sure. 16, that should be plenty. Yeah, 16 or 32, they're very cheap. But do that, oh, yeah. Rick. That's great. Okay. Now, the, um, so anyways, when I do the install, I mean, when I create the jump or the uh, backup, that is in case the hardware, uh, something, some sort of a glitch in the software. In yeah, the it's, it's something in, in case you have a failure. Rick, we're coming out against a hard break. So can I mm-hmm. hold you a little over? Do you mind? Yes, no, not at all. All right, I'm going to hold Rick over. I misunderstood his question. He's talking about being prepared, which is nice. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to your calls. This is Computer Talk. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.